Hi, it's Laura Dickinson from Denise and Ferb, and you are listening to Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to Episode 72 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, we continue our three-part interview with former Disneyland cast member Holly Bartell. Last time, we talked about how she got started at Disneyland and about her time in Fantasyland attractions. We just started to get into her time in guest relations when we had to wrap up Part 1, so that's where we pick up this time. I had so much fun editing this one, and I'm sure you'll have fun listening. Now again, Skype acted up on us, so there are some glitches in the audio. I fixed what I could, and they don't affect most of the interview, so I don't think they'll bother you too much. I've got something very special to tell you about before we get back to the interview. My birthday was Wednesday, November 26th. Today also kicks off the Christmas season in earnest, and this month marks the one-year anniversary of the release of my book, Faith and the Magic Kingdom. So as my gift to you, I'm bringing back the Disneyana Show offer I made back in July. For a limited time, you can get an autographed copy of that book for $17, of Once Upon Your Time, my first book, for $6, or of both for $20. For more details or to order, go to storiesofthemagic.com slash Christmas14. That's Christmas14. In this episode, Holly talks about her favorite area of Disney California adventure and whether she misses anything from the, quote, old DCA. Lost and found in the guest relations front desk. The holiday time at Disneyland Park tour and what made it fun but difficult to learn, too. The Halloween tour and what's unique about doing that one. VIP tours. The most stressful part of being a tour guide and what was fun about hosting famous people. Some of her favorite VIP groups hosting Stana Kotick and some of the crew from Castle. One of the nicest well-known people she remembers hosting, Lacey Chabert. This was a sweet story. Sharing with guests favorite hidden details. Becoming a guest relations lead, one of the most stretching experiences of her life. A funny story about dealing with an irate guest. I laughed out loud again while editing this one. And a couple of examples of really special moments of extra magic. Some she was involved with, some not. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and continue this story. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee, Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. 
The most common side effects of anomaly are unconsciously joining in the gamma quadrant golf clap out loud at work to the amusement of co-workers and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y Podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by JewelBeat.com And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. Before the renovation of DCA, did you have a favorite area of the park? And did that area stick around in the, the new part? Um, you know what? I never thought about that. I I just love what they did so much that I think I don't... I mean, I barely remember Sunshine Plaza. Mm-hmm. The thing I do miss is the... I guess they still have it. The, the In the Sunshine Plaza, they would put the big candy corns and stuff like that during Halloween but <laughs> oh yeah but that's, that's right I mean um a lot of people say they miss the California letters for some reason um I don't but mm-hmm. I do kind of appreciate that it when you stepped back and looked at it as a whole it looked like a postcard that was cool yeah I think a lot of people missed that that's what it mm-hmm. was supposed to be they just wanted to take a picture by the letter and I think the reason I don't miss them is because there was no H. I could never take a picture by an H. So I was like. Or a B. Yeah. Yeah, you were just kind of out of luck. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, eh. And they're being reused. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just love the backstory and all the detail that they put into the new Buena Vista Street. So I don't I don't really think I miss anything. Yeah. I assume you were probably one of the first in line to get your picture with the storyteller statue, right? Oh, yeah. We oh, did we because we did have cast member previews of Buena Vista Street and of Cars Land. And so I remember really wanting to see because we we had the the model of the storyteller statue in the Blue Sky Cellar. That was something mm-hmm. we would talk about is that this is like the statue in Disneyland, but this is when he first came out and he's, you know, brand new and experiencing California. And so, yeah, we, we got to, I got to bring my family to that actually. And so that was a fun, that was a fun picture to take. I'm sure. And have you been back and gotten your picture with Oswald since he was introduced? I haven't, but I can't wait to. I'm so excited. Oh yeah. You're going to love it. I just did it a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. He looks really good. Yeah. And he's a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Yay. I love stuff like that. I love the new things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's right by his service station, which makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I bet the guest relations isn't so happy about that, but. <laughs> no, not so much. Because it is literally like a service station, little pathway to get to guest relations. And then there's that kind of sidewalk in front of the store right mm-hmm. there. And it's that sidewalk where he's meeting. Yeah. I bet people are upset when they get in line for the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> no guests never do that 
wait, this isn't the line for the tiki room. Why do I need a dole whip? I guess I'll get one anyway. <laughs> yeah, and then once you've got it, and now you're finally at the tiki room, you may as well go ahead and go in yeah, anyway. So true, true. two birds, one stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so did you end up moving beyond the tip board? Was that kind of where you wanted to be, or did you get into anything like tours or anything like that? Oh, yes. Um, so let's see. After the um, info boards, that's when you learned lost and found. It's a little different order now, but that's that's how it went when I was there or when I was hiring in. Uh, so lost and found, I was there for a while, and that's a whole different experience. Um, if you've ever lost something and had us find it, it's pretty magical being able to return stuff to people and especially cameras and things with memories. And oh, that was always the best when you'd call someone and say, hey, I found your camera and I'm going to send it to you. And oh, and Mickey takes care of that. Like, we're not going to charge you for shipping. Like We'll just take care of it for you. So that was that was just always great to return stuff. Of course, we didn't always find everything. So that was when you got your first kind of difficult guests. And when you learned how to um, deal with that. So that was the first introduction into that. And then from there, you learned city hall slash at the time it was the lobby, guest relations lobby, now chamber of commerce. Uh, that's a lot of money handling. You learn about foreign currency, Disney dollars, selling tickets, selling tours. Uh, it's a whole nother ball game. And then at the time it was the GAC was the reigning question of the day, uh, every day. That's pretty much what you did. So from there, it was either right before that or right after I learned city hall when I did my first tour training and to kind of choose what tour you wanted to pick as your first one. And I love Christmas. And of course my name kind of goes with the holiday theme. So I decided that the holiday time at Disneyland park tour would be my first tour. And that was actually one of the most difficult tours to learn because there's a lot of facts in it and a lot of facts that maybe you don't already know. So when you're learning a tour about the park, it's pretty simple for the most part because you know when Walt Disney was born and you know when the park opened and you know that those things by now. But the holiday tour is a lot of there are this many lights on the tree and there are this many lights on the castle. These are the different holiday traditions in these different places and you talk about so much and you have to learn about the different areas and who celebrates which ways and a very difficult tour to learn, but it was so much fun. And you get to wear the tour skirt instead, the riding hat, and you get to carry your crop with you. So that was a completely new costume for me. And I love the holiday tour because at the end you get to get some hot chocolate and a little gingerbread man and you get to go sit and watch the parade and it's just so magical and of course you know it's the most wonderful time of year so and you got to stay and watch the parade with the tour group yes and that was the best part because we also would get hot chocolate and as i'm sure everybody knows cast members aren't able to eat on stage uh, unless there are certain circumstances which include vip tours but um we did get to sip on our hot chocolate because it was very cold and you're wearing nylons and a skirt and shoes that, you know, not socks. And so you're cold and you're only allowed to wear um, your blazer jacket. So not your trench coat. And so you're, you're sitting there back there shivering a little bit, but you have your hot chocolate in your hands. And that was the best 
and you'd hear the, the parade. Oh, so it's, that was the best tour experience to have as my first tour. And then the following year, I thought I would learn the Halloween tour. And that's a really fun tour because it's pretty much cast member created. I mean, they all are, but this one, the people that I worked with were the ones that kind of came up with this idea for this tour and wrote it. And so it was cool to know them and for them such a passion about this tour and to make it something unique. So I loved doing that because on the Halloween tour, um, if you've never taken it, you definitely should. And make sure you book way, way, way in advance because it gets booked up, especially near Halloween. Have you taken it, Randy? I haven't. It is really fun. I mean, it changes every year. So it's it's hard to say kind of what it goes over or goes through. Some years it starts at DCA. Some years it ends at DCA. It covers usually both parks. And again, it changes every year. So it's hard. It doesn't, you don't really know. But the year that I did it, uh, I, I did it for two years. And there's usually a tour guide and then there's a ghost. And the, the tour guide is a very overeager kind of tour guide person. And then the ghost is very serious and does not like children. They, they call the children goblins and they don't want them to touch them at all. And they tell you kind of the other stories of Halloween that maybe the tour guide doesn't know about. And it was so fun because I'm such a, most of the time, like a jolly person and so excited all the time that it was so fun for me to be the ghost and to be able to be serious and maybe not not so happy all the time and, and tell the children not to touch me and tell them, oh, tell the sad story of the villains and why don't they ever get any happy endings? And, oh, it was so fun just to be able to kind of have that opposite experience, but still be able to be on tour. And usually at the end, there's uh, a surprise or when I was doing it, I don't think they do this anymore, but we ended at Tower of Terror and I would show up again if I was the ghost and you'd trade off different nights being the tour guide or the ghost. And I would show up at the end saying, oh, I trapped your guests in the twilight zone and then run away. And uh, I'd get <laughs> to like fling my cape and <laughs> it's just so fun. <laughs> so the closest you're going to get to being an entertainment cast member in guest relations. Right. Um, but just to have and those people that would come every year and they'd want to experience it with you and, and learn and just, oh, it was just so fun. Oh, oh, tours, they were fun. They were also something that really taught you how to think on your feet because something, you know, things don't always go the way that you think they're going to go. So mm -hmm. we, you'd have to learn how to change the direction and just go that way or do something else or say something else or, you know, just that was where you really learned flexibility and uh, figuring out how to kind of please everyone while still, oh, and then the most important part of being a tour guide is that you have to make it look like you didn't do anything. Like you have to work really, really, really hard, but then make it look so easy. And when you have to do those flexible change of plans, change direction, everything, make the guests think that that's where you meant to go the whole time, mm -hmm. nothing's changed. Yep. Yeah. So that was uh, definitely a learning experience, but also so fun. Um, from there, you kind of, it's a really easy transition into VIP tours because while it is a completely different dynamic guest-wise, you are pretty much doing the same thing in having to be flexible and think on your feet and stuff like that. So VIP tours are 
specialize, you, you go on a tour and you have a tour guide with you and you can just basically do whatever you want. And then the tour guide will guide you along your journey. And we used to, when I first started, we had standard tours where you didn't get any privileges other than just having the tour guide with you. So I never thankfully had to do one of those because that's usually probably not what people expect when they hear VIP tour. It's not what I think of, that's for sure. That kind of description of that would be, I would be with them and I would go run and get fast passes for them or save a table for them at lunch. Or I think they did get priority seating for places. But other than that, most people didn't book those. Or when they did on accident, they would immediately upgrade them to the normal VIP tour experience, which is really the only one that we have now. I mean, anybody can do a VIP tour. You pay for it. I don't know how much it is now. It's gone up since I've done it, but it's per hour. There's a six hour minimum and there's a maximum of 10 guests. So if you got 10, I mean, you've got nine friends, you could split it and it's probably not bad. And you get unlimited access to the fast pass entrances to attractions that have fast pass and then a couple extras that don't have fast passes but you still get a priority entrance to those and then if you book enough in advance you get priority seating for parades fireworks stuff like that um, but it is of course subject to availability so so yeah it's a, it's a really fun experience because you basically become part of the family and it's usually families that come and you get to just kind of hang out with them and hopefully they treat you to lunch (laughs) (laughs) and you just, just kind of hang out and and learn to know them. And they ask you questions about yourself and you just, and you get to take them on rides and you get to ride rides and it's, it's a really fun thing, but it can, like I said, it can be very stressful when you, when you uh, have to change plans or you have a guest who might have expected that this is more than what they um, thought it was going to be, or, or sorry, this is less than what they thought it was going to be, or things like that. But for the most part, um, it was really, really fun. And you have, when you have a guest, you call them your guest because you feel like you're, they're now a part of your, your job. Like this is, oh, my guest is coming back, or um, yeah, it's a return guest I'm having. And, and then you. Say, oh, how is this? And how did that go? And you get to, and they'll come back and have you again. And then ah, it's just fun. Do you remember any uh, of the groups or any individuals from any of the groups that you had that were particularly fun? I was very lucky and I didn't, because a lot of tour guides will have um, their horror stories, but I was very lucky. And I, for the most part, had stellar guests all the time. Uh, I remember, though, on my first ever VIP tour, it was a family, and they had been there before, but it was had not been a while. And so we were walking from downtown Disney because they were staying at the Disneyland Hotel, and the monorail was down for some reason. So we were walking down, and they were asking me all the standard questions. Where are you going to school? Da-da-da. And then they asked me the dreaded, how long have you been doing this question? And I was like, um, I don't want to. What time is it now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I was like, I don't want to tell them it's my first time because maybe they'll, you know, not 
feel like they're not getting enough of the experience. So I just kind of did the whole, well, I've been working at the park for this, this many years and I've been in guest relations for this long. And so then they kind of took that for then. And then later I was able to tell them because I built up enough of a relationship that I said, oh, by the way, this is my first tour. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they, yeah, they, they were fine with that. And I mean, I've had a couple of people who um, were more mm, high maintenance, but for the most part, everybody has been very nice. And I can't say one that stands out because I just had so many great, met so many great people um, over the years. And uh, some of the VIP tours, uh, so there are two, technically two different levels. There's the VIP tour that you can pay for, um, anybody can get. And then there's the the tour for maybe our more recognizable guests. So somebody famous or something like that, um, or maybe they're high up in the company and and well in the Disney community they'd probably be well known so that those tours are also fun because those people for the most part are just wanting to enjoy their day at Disneyland and they're just wanting to be a normal person and they're not worried about being famous so it's fun to get to know some people maybe you get to see on tv or on the movies that this is their normal state Uh, so that was really cool also um, and I've had some great tours with some some cool people. And and it's funny when people ask me, like, oh, who have you had before? I, I really haven't really toured anybody that people would know because I did a lot of Disney Channel stars and I did, you know, just people that I would personally like to meet, but maybe people don't really necessarily know. But it was, again, it was always just so cool to get to know them as a person and then kind of play security, too, because it, Sometimes they would say, oh, I don't want to take any pictures today. Um, So you'd have to like be the security for them and kind of block people if they're trying to take pictures or, oh, I'm okay with taking pictures, but I just want to make sure my kids aren't in them. So you'd be like, oh, and it was just fun to kind of be on alert and like, oh, oh, if they stop at a store, you're like looking around. Is anybody taking pictures? Where's the paparazzi? (laughs) It was was fun, Um, but very stressful also. I'm sure. Regardless of whether anybody else knows them, who would you say that you personally were most excited to get to host? Ah, oh, I mean, there was a couple of Disney people. Just they'd either work at the studios or places like that. Where I basically my job was just kind of showing them around, maybe for a project they were working on or something like that. That was really cool because I got to kind of see what they did. And if I would ever want to pursue a job in that area. And so that was really informational for me. I really liked this new set of Disney Channel kids. They're pretty, pretty cool. They have they have some great parents that are making sure that they, they stay on track. So hopefully that sticks. But they're very, all very polite. And I loved being with them because I could act like a kid, too. And that was fun. And I had some people from some of the shows that I liked. That was cool to to be able to meet them but it's kind of hard at the same time because you don't you can't just say oh I watch your show all the time I love it that's kind of frowned upon <laughs> so right could you kind of bring that up more casually in conversation later in the day oh yeah yeah I want I mean you can kind of feel them out and see how they act about that that sort of thing so mm-hmm. sometimes I would say something like they would say oh well, some, one time we filmed an episode about da 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 and I'd say oh yeah I saw that one and then they say, oh, you watch the show. And then you can kind of gauge from there whether, you know, they're, how they're going to take it. So, uh, but yeah, so it, it's kind of cool to uh, to talk to them about that aspect. And then a lot of times 
they would bring a bunch of people with them. So they might be in production or one time I was hosting um, Stana Kotick. I don't know if that's how you say it. From oh yeah. Castle. From Castle. Mm-hmm. And she brought along some of the makeup people and then some of the production people. And it was just cool to talk to them too about what they do and how it runs kind of on the backstage side of, of their operation. So that was cool too, to see this is a show I watch. And then they were explaining uh, an episode and how they had to do the makeup for that. And so it was just, it's just cool to, to get that little inside scoop on that too, not just the person. Yeah. I love that show too. Yeah. That sounds really exciting. I think the nicest person, that's hard to say because I could not be thinking about somebody and I don't want to leave anybody out, but I had, uh, and sometimes they have friends that are also recognizable too. So uh, I forget who it was that I was hosting. Uh, I want to say it was Kaylee Cuomo, and she brought along Lacey Chabert, who is um, on Mean Girls. And of course, she does a lot of other things, too. But she was just one of the nicest people. And she just always sticks out in my mind because she would say, for example, if you were to go on California Screaming, we would go through a different entrance other than the fast pass entrance, because even the fast pass entrance, there's still going to be a lot of people. And if there's a recognizing situation, uh, it's hard to get out. So we would go in kind of special entrances. And oftentimes when people are on VIP tours, they want to go again. And you kind of have to try to explain to these people who are oftentimes used to getting kind of whatever they want that we have to wait until the cast members save rows for them so that a, a guest isn't waiting and then, oh, suddenly I can't go on and then maybe I'm separated from my family, you know, stuff like that. So she was always, every single attraction we go on, so I would say, did you want to go again? And everyone was like, oh, maybe, maybe. And then she'd say, no, what about the people waiting? And uh, it was just the cutest thing. And she would, you know, there's always guests. And most of the time they're going to treat you like a person. Sometimes, unfortunately, that's not the case. Sometimes they treat you like maybe the maid or um, a, a robot. I don't know. So she would always ask, oh, did you need any water? And they would be getting a churro or something. Do you want one? And she, so she was just so thoughtful of everyone around her that she sticks out as probably one of the nicest, famous guests that I've had. But again, for the most part, everyone was always extremely nice. There were a couple that would maybe not consider your needs over theirs, which again, that's your kind of job, but somebody would be going to the restroom and, oh, can you hold my purse for me while I'm in there? And I'm like, maybe I have to go too. Right. (laughs) But again, I was just so lucky to get so many people that were the sweetest. That sounds like you had really had some great groups and great individuals there. Yeah. And there's so many, just too many to name, but everyone was so great and everyone it's funny to see the people who you would never think that they would like Disneyland and then they're like I love Disneyland so much (laughs) and then they'd tell you you, it's so great to have a person ask you tell me the secrets tell me these little details because that's you want to do that as a cast member or at least I did you you want to share those little things that make Disney unique because everyone knows that Disney is unique but not a lot of people re- recognize why and so being able to share those little details or the backstory of something or 
you know, the, the backstory of an attraction or the backstory of an area. It's always just so exciting to be able to share that with people. And so when, when people would come and you think, oh, they're never, they don't like Disneyland. When they ask you about secrets or details, you just get so excited to share it with them because you're, that's why you're there. You're a cast member because of this wonderful company and the background of that company. And you want to tell them like, Hey, guess what? Walt Disney, and this is how he got here. And he had to try so many times, failed so many times. And this is why we're all here. And oh, it's just so great. And not only tours, but every guest who comes up to you and wants to know a little bit more, it's just so exciting to be able to share that with them. Is there a question that a guest could or would ask, like say you're, you're at the tip board or something, that I know this is kind of a difficult question to ask because I can understand what I'm trying to say in my head, but it's kind <laughs> of a complicated thing to communicate where they want to know about some extra little piece of information you have, some detail or secret or something like that that you know that you want to share and not sound like, hey, I've been here a thousand times and tell me something I don't know. You know, is, is there a question that they could ask that communicates that in a more positive way without sounding like, hey, I know everything, try to stump me? Um, I don't know, because I was asked that a couple times. It's like, hey, I've been here before. Tell me something that I don't know. Or somebody would come up and say, tell me something that you would recommend for someone here a lot. So I'm not sure if there would be a, a quote unquote better way to say that. Because I mean, I don't mind if somebody came up and said, I've been here a lot. I come all the time. Is there anything that you could share with me that that maybe you'd think that I wouldn't know? Actually, I think now that I'm thinking about that, I had somebody, I think, one time ask me that. And I took them over to Coke Corner and I showed them uh, the lights. There are red light bulbs and white light bulbs and it, they alternate red, white, red, white. And there's one corner that there, it doesn't work out. There would either be two in a row red or two in a row white. So there's one light bulb and it's painted half and half. I love that light bulb. Yeah. So that's one thing that most people, when they ask me that, that would be my go-to. But mm -hmm. there are so many other things. Most people ask, like they have a rumor or a myth in mind and they ask you, is that true? So are there really tunnels under Disneyland? Or is there really a basketball court inside the Matterhorn? So those are usually the questions that they ask when they want to know more stuff. But yeah, I, if I was at the information board and I wasn't busy and somebody came up and said, hey, tell me something I don't know, I would love that. Okay, that's good to know. So you're now doing all of these tours, the VIP Christmas, Halloween. Did you do any other tours or did you kind of go straight into the VIP and is that where you stayed? How did that work? Yeah, I, um, I learned... Christmas and then I learned Halloween and then I did VIP and then from there you are definitely always able to learn new tours but I think that was the point where I became a lead so that's like a supervisor kind of role at City Hall when you start doing that that's kind of what you do a lot because they need people who are good at that role and they don't have a lot of cast members that are in that role. So when you learn that, that's kind of where you kind of stay. So from from there, and you're encouraged still to learn tours, but because of how scheduling works and certain things like that, if you are scheduled a tour, most likely a couple days before, they'll call you and say, hey, would you mind doing City Hall instead? 
So for the most part, usually once you do that, the tour area is very slim, unless of course you are a lead in tours. So that would constitute that you would be there every day. Right. Um, so that was the point where I became a lead at City Hall. And that is probably one of the most difficult and challenging and stretching experiences of my life because I, I don't think I mentioned this, but though I like being in front of an audience and I liked doing storybook and I liked being the tour guide, one-on-one interactions are hard for me. And I get, I'm actually a pretty shy person in real life. So when I first started working at Disneyland, I was very shy and I was so shy that I wouldn't go to a, to a person on the street and ask what time it was. I had to work on it so much when I worked there. So now I'm in a position where somebody's really mad and say, I want to talk to your supervisor. And then that's the point where I get to talk to them. So that was definitely something I just learned so much about people. I learned so much about um, customer service. So now when I go and have a concern or something anywhere, I know what it's like on the other end. So if you're nice, I am 10 times or probably 100 times more likely to help you other than if you're yelling in my face or saying naughty words. So right. um so that was that was my kind of next job um that I did and I did that for a while and I never thought I could do that and so when I did it was so rewarding to be able to do that and get so used to it not used to it in that like it was boring but used to it in that I could I felt like I could handle anything at that point because you you pretty much do and I have so many stories and you do so much more than just get yelled at but those are the ones that you tend to remember but you also get to remember the magical moments that you get to make because as a supervisor not only are you dealing with people who are really, really mad, but you're also dealing with a cast member. Here's a story that someone tells them and they want to help them out by doing something that might be considered maybe a little inappropriate because it's giving something that we usually don't do or setting up a special meet and greet or something that is really out of what we normally do for people. But if they really feel like that's something that's going to make this person's trip magical, it's kind of your say. And you get to say yes or no, or, hey, call the character department and see if they can do that, or call this person. And you're kind of the gateway to all these magic, magical moments that the cast members on the counter are coming up with. So that was a really huge part of being in that role. But you do remember when you get stuff thrown at you <laughs> and um, you are refunding tickets while getting cursed at or... Uh, my favorite story is uh, I wrongfully was trying to be funny while somebody was yelling at me and they asked to talk to my boss. And I said, I'm sorry, sir. Mickey Mouse is very busy. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, he did not find that funny. And he, so then he started getting a little more agitated. So I decided at that point to call security over And I don't know if you've met him, but Ernie is one of the greatest security cast members. He does the flag retreat often. And I think he was featured on the Disney Parks blog a couple months or probably longer than that. But 
He, yeah, I think I do remember him being featured on there. He is great. He's amazing. And so he comes in, and I kind of give him a little backstory in, in the backstage area. And I come out, and I introduce him. And he introduces himself to the man and holds out his hand for him to shake it. And, of course, the man doesn't take it. And the first thing that the gentleman, well, let's call him a man because I don't think he was being very gentlemanly. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> the first thing he says was, does Mickey Mouse sign your paychecks? He says to Ernie, Ernie, quick, n- not missing a beat, says, well, yes, sir. He pays me a lot of cheese. <laughs> so that was one of my favorite. Just I kind of messed up by trying to lighten the situation and Ernie made it even better. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that. Do you remember any special things that you were able to help a Frontline's guest relation cast member do for somebody? One of those kind of special things that ordinarily wouldn't happen, but you were able to make some extra magic? There were so many things because while you can easily get the attitude of everyone's trying to take advantage of us, don't give anybody anything, it was my goal to stay magical. And if this was really going to help somebody's vacation be better, I was striving to make sure to keep the pixie dust in the location, which is a little bit difficult to do at City Hall, especially when... Uh, we changed over from GAC to DOS. That was, that was difficult. But yeah. Um, and for listeners who aren't familiar with the acronyms, that was Guest Assistance Card. Now it's Disability Access Services. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, there's just so many. I, I can't remember any specific ones off the top of my head. Uh, I know that there are just so many things that I'll try to kind of share if we did something over the top. For someone, And so we send out a, a mass email with pictures if we could or whatever it may be. And I mean, every time you'd read one of those emails, you'd get like a little teary eyed and it would touch you every time you get goosebumps and you'd you just remember why it is you do what you do. There were miraculous stories. There were stories where um, I remember a little boy and he never was able to walk and he made it his goal to be able to walk to Mickey Mouse. And so he came to Disneyland and we set up a special meet and greet for them in a city hall. There's a little side room there that we use for all kinds of different things, special meet and greets. If people need um, a special area or a quiet area to pray, if we have a, a particularly loud guest that we would like to kind of escort in there that we use that for lots of things um but we have a special meet and greet with mickey mouse there and i wasn't there unfortunately but i read it and i saw the pictures that he was able to take his first steps to to mickey mouse so i think it was like two or three steps and then the next year he said i'm gonna do 10 steps or something like that and so it was like so great to see that this place just this like little park in anaheim could instill these these goals in people and make them just make changes in their lives and in such miraculous ways so I mean things like that was something little that I mean we just made a call to the characters and said can we set this up so it was small on our end but it was huge for them and I mean ended up being such a touching moment for us too I mean that was a weekly thing that we'd see stuff like that and that's why you do it Wow. In some ways, I can imagine being there and doing something like that. But for that to be your job, 
just really, even though there's the people that make it miserable sometimes, that kind of thing, I could see why that would really make it worthwhile. Oh, yes, completely. And um, some days you'd get home and you're like, how much am I getting paid for this? And <laughs> you'd be upset and and you'd go back the next day and put that smile on. And the craziest thing was that when you'd get there, sometimes you'd have all this stuff going on and you'd have to kind of fake it at first. But by the end of the day, or at least by like the first hour or so, I always it would be real. It would be authentic. It wouldn't, I would forget about whatever else was going on. And because you're surrounded by people that are going through the same thing and you're all have each other's back and you get to see stuff like that every day. And then you get to watch the fireworks. I mean, it's a pretty good gig. <laughs> Yeah, I would say so. So I was just asking about things that you were able to do for other people. But did anybody, and I really hope the answer to this is yes, but I don't know if it will be. Did anybody ever do something special for you that kind of made a little extra magic for you? A couple times throughout the years, people would approach and they would have... That brings us to the end of this week's show. A special thank you to Holly Bartell for being my guest and to you for listening. Next time we'll wrap up with Holly, but if you want to hear more, let me know. Send us feedback or questions you'd like her to answer. If you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, whether you've written a book, created a website, you're blogging, something with music, art, whatever it might be, and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, I want to hear from you. I also want to talk to and hear from people who have worked for Disney, like Holly. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience, and you've had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic, or had any special Disney experience you want to share, or give a compliment or a thank you for anything Disney's done, I'd love to hear from you, too. You know, this would be a great weekend to hear those thank yous. For any of these, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. As a reminder, for a limited time I'm selling my books, in paperback and autographed, at a discount. Check out storiesinthemagic.com slash christmas14 or click the link in the show notes for details or to order. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash storiesofthemagic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash storiesofmagic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest, plus one on Google+. Whatever method you use, just tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic, too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories. And this tale continues next time. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line 734-23-STORY. 
And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com, for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.